born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. I've often thought, I've had so many people that knock me over the years because all Yankee knows how to do is that little wallet illustration in John 3.16. Okay. But it's amazing how many of those people that I've led to the Lord are in churches all over. And I've been to a lot of places and there's people that are in some of those churches that this dumb little old Georgia boy just happened to share the gospel with him. And I thought of it, so, you know, that, that's so shallow, you know, so, that's so shallow. You've got to get deep in the Word, and, but never do anything. They, just, they talk a great battle, but they don't, they don't have any results. I like having some fruit. And I find out the clearer I am on the gospel, the more people I seem to win. It's kind of like people who play golf. They always got to relate it to golf, you know. That the better they are, it seems like the luckier they are. That was luck. And sometimes it is luck, but it seems like the better they are, the more they chip into the hole and get a hole in one like Gary does back there. I was with him when he got a hole in one. I despised it. I hated him for it. I mean, it was uphill into the wind, 175 yards, and he took, what kind of club was it, Gary? It was not. <laughs> you're lying, you're dying. Anyway, he took his driver, no. But he put that ball on the green, goes right in the hole. And I thought I had hit a beautiful shot. I was about 12 feet from the flat. I've never had a hole in one yet. I went out one day with a guy named Shannon Strickland. He was just learning how to play golf. And on a par three, he hits the club, that ball, and, and, it, went, and it went over the hill, but we couldn't see it. Couldn't tell where it went. But I thought, that's on the green. I hated him. I've been playing for 50 years. But when we got up there, his ball had rolled in a hole. A hole in one for an upstart, no good, snotty nose, brat, egotistical, sarcastic, proud, high-minded. He did not deserve it. But you know, God has seemed like he's always working on my attitude. <laughs> it hasn't worked yet. <laughs> but 2 Corinthians chapter 11, y'all don't keep getting me sidetracked. But look what he says here in verse 3. But I fear... Lest by any means as a servant beguiled through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted 
from the simplicity that is in Christ. God makes things simple, easy to be understood. It's man that complicates it. Now, l- listen to this, how, how simple this is now. God offers to you eternal life as a free gift. You don't do anything for it. It's not of works. That's so easy to understand. It's a free gift. But man comes along and says, wait, 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 wait. You have to turn from all your sins. Now, just adding that on there, did that change that at all from being free? Did it put a stipulation in there so I've got to turn from my sin? Well, now you also got to be willing to make Christ the Lord and the master of your life. They just put some things, attach it to the gospel, and call it all the gospel, and it has nothing to do with the gospel. Man makes things muddy and ugly. It destroys. It kills. And so the Lord says in verse 4, For he, if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus whom ye we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit which is not you have not received, or another gospel, those three things which you have not accepted, at this point I'm afraid you might bear with him. He says, because you were carnally minded, you're not growing in the Lord, you're not strong in the Lord, i got to speak unto you as under a bunch of carnal Christians. And if somebody comes preaching another message, I'm afraid that you're going to bear with them and listen to them, and they're going to corrupt your minds from the simplicity that's in Christ. Because unless you're strong in the Lord and you grow and you keep doing the things you're supposed to be doing, false teaching can... Get a hold of you. Because you see, you'll wind up believing a theological position that justifies your behavior. You see, if you don't want to witness, you don't want to witness, and you're not going to witness, then in your mind, you're going to justify that by, well, God didn't call me to be an evangelist. I don't have the gift of evangelism. Well, that's not what God called me. God called me to be a teacher. Well, I believe everybody can do the work of an evangelist. I believe God can have everybody go and explain the gospel. It's just that if you're not going to do it, you've got to justify it. You don't just say, I am rebellious. No, but you've got to do it in a spiritual way. The Lord isn't leading me. Or you're doing it in the flesh. And I'm trusting the Holy Spirit to lead me. And when the Holy Spirit directs me to talk to certain people, I will. And you can live your whole life and never witness to one person and feel totally justified. Well, I was willing and I was ready, but the Lord never impressed upon me anybody in particular. So it's not my fault. Okay. One day we're going to stand before the Lord, aren't we? And we're going to have to answer to him. And if he will accept your excuse, so will I. So there we are. Now look in verse 13. Verse 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers. Now they're workers transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. So that means they have to probably live good and do right because it deceives And no marvel, Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. 
Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, mean Satan's got ministers? You mean there's preachers that Satan has? Remember, if Satan has preachers, he's not going to preach the exact same gospel we preach. He's got to add something to it. Now, we know that once you trust Christ as Savior, He gives you eternal life. Well, see, a false teacher come along and says, well, yeah, but you can lose it. Well, did God say, no, God says He'll never cast you out and never lose you. But they say God said, and God didn't say that. And they don't have a verse that says that. But it will sound good because you know you can't just do whatever you want to do and live any way you want to live and still go to heaven when you die. Yes, you can. That's why it's by grace. And if you can't say that, you've got a problem with grace. You don't really believe it. You've got a problem with that. Remember, you mean to tell me I can trust Christ as my Savior and God will give me eternal life? And I can go out here and live any way I want? And still go to heaven when I die? Yes. And don't try to, you know, sugarcoat that. Yes. Well, but if you're really saved, you're not going to want to. No, 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 no. Don't you put that on that. That's not true. That's a lie. Well, if you're really saved, you're going to clean up your life. In the... No, that's not true. Just because some people do doesn't mean everybody has to. Just because I trusted Christ as my Savior and I decided to serve the Lord doesn't mean every one of God's children has to serve the Lord. Just because I did. Just because I became a preacher. Everybody put become a preacher behind the pulpit too? No. But people can't believe that it's that free. But that's exactly what God is saying. And I had a man tell me, you mean to tell me? I said, no, I'll let God tell you. And the thing is, is that when you trust Christ as Savior and God gives you eternal life. Now, is it eternal or not? And if it is eternal, then it lasts forever. And I did not have to make any promises, commitments of any kind to the Lord. So, in this last verse 15, Therefore is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works, because they're going to be judged by their works. They didn't trust Christ. They trust their works. Okay, God will judge you by your works. And you're not going to like the results of it. So, take your Bible and turn to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 13. Deuteronomy, way back in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter 13. And look at verse 1. Verse 1. What did God say about false teachers back in Moses' day? Remember, there was Moses, but there's people who didn't like Moses being the leader. They said, God can tell us what to do just as well as he can you. Who do you think you are lifting yourself up and making yourself out to be somebody? And so, um, you know what God did with them? Oh, he just opened up the earth and let them swallow it up, and then they went to hell with their boots on. Verse 1, if there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and giveth thee a sign or a wonder and the sign or the wonder come to pass, whereof he spake unto thee, saying, let us go after other gods, which thou hast not known and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. 
For the Lord your God proveth you, or test you, to know whether ye love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall walk after the Lord, and you know this is the capital L-O-R-D, L-O-R-D, that's talking about Jehovah himself. There's only one true and living God. And so he says, in verse 4, Ye shall walk after the Lord your God, and fear him, and keep his commandments, and obey his voice, and ye shall serve him, and cleave unto him. And that prophet, or that dreamer of dreams, shall be put to death, because he hath spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt, and redeemed you out of the house of bondage, to thrust thee out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk in. So shalt thou put the evil away from the midst of thee. Now, but if we was to do that today, whew, we'd have to kill 90% of all the preachers in America. Think of how many different religions they are. You know, the problem with the Tower of Babel is all they come there and, and all melted together. and all. Do you realize that America is a melting pot? of all kinds of religions, but it's not the truth. It used to be more along the lines of, you know, we believe in Christianity. Now, President, we're so thankful to the religion of Islam for all their contributions to America. I thought, name one. There isn't one. Huh? Yeah, they, they contributed. So, um, no, it's, uh, it's, it's ugly, and it's uh, shameful. But the Lord is very clear on what he wanted Israel to do with those that were in the land. See, those that were already in the land. You see, God in chapter 15 of Genesis already put a, a curse upon the land of Canaan. And Canaan, this is the land of Canaan, where God was going to take them out of there and take the children of Israel and bring them up out of Egypt and put them into the land of Canaan. But these countries that were already there believed in false gods. And God had talked about the sin of the Amorites was not yet full. And so God was going to judge them. So God took Israel as a rod to beat tar out of them. And they were to go into land and cast them all out of the land. Leave none of them in the land. But Israel left little pockets. And those little pockets caused them trouble over and over and over again. You see, that's like you and I. When you don't deal with little sins in your life, they grow. The desires grow and they get bigger and bigger until they trap you and destroy you. You see, Satan is always looking for a beachhead. Like at Normandy, that's what they did. They were looking for a beachhead. If they can just get the troops on there and look how many thousands died. But they still got the land and they were able to launch forward from that. Satan wants to get into your mind and have a little launching pad so he can. This is what they do over there in the, you know, the, the Gaza Strip so they can keep lobbing things into Israel. That's the same thing that they're doing. Uh, Israel, a long time ago, should not even give them the land, take them all out of there. But anyway, they never asked me what to do. So look what he says down here. In verse 6, if thy brother, the son of thy mother, or thy son, or thy daughter, or the wife of thy bosom, or thy friend, which is as thine own soul, entice thee secretly, saying, Let us go and serve other gods which thou hast not known, thou nor thy fathers. 
namely of the gods of the people which are round about you, nigh unto thee, or far off from thee, from the one end of the earth even unto the other end of the earth. Thou shalt not consent unto him, nor hearken unto him, neither shalt thine eye pity him, neither shalt thou spare, neither shalt thou conceal him. God seems like he's serious about this thing because he knows that the only way his people can stay strong and stay right is not to teach the false gods. See, in America, we, we're accepting anybody's religion of all kinds. So after a while, see, Christianity gets diluted. Only under the umbrella of Christianity has any religion had any freedom. And that's why they like to come here, because religion give them freedom. We don't make people obey Christianity. But what happens when these religions get big and strong enough? Could we go to their countries under their religion and have that same freedom? No. So they will destroy us because we won't destroy them. They're willing to die for what they believe and we're not. And this is why in America, we can travel 8,000 miles to fight the religion of Islam. They said, now, we're, this is not a war against Islam. It is too. It's the religion of Islam. You say, well, that's just those extremists. Uh, a person put it this way. When you stop and think about a handful of people in Russia who are willing to do what they did, and yet the majority of them were silent. And when they're silent, they're irrelevant. And they killed 60 and 70 million in China, not all of them were like that, but majority of them weren't. But their silence means they were irrelevant. These control. It doesn't matter how many Muslims there are. It's just that group that does the damage. And their silence is irrelevant. Because it doesn't mean, well, they're peaceful Muslims. Yeah, no, no, no. But you're irrelevant. They're still attacking. They're still killing. They're still conquering. And they still want to take over the world. Now, either they have to be stopped or we lose. You've got a 100 yards on a football field. You see, we can go up to the 50-yard line. But they can go all the way into our end zone. Who's going to win? They have to win. This is what they did over here in Vietnam. Demilitarized zone. We can only go this far. But the communists can go all the way down to our end zone. Well, we can't go this far. But they can go this far. We can't win. You can't win a football game if you can't go into their end zone. If you can't conquer them, you can't win. And see, they're willing to do whatever it takes to conquer. And this is what they're doing. Anyway, that's a, another sermon for another time. But in verse 9, But thou shalt surely kill him. Thine hand shall be first upon him to put him to death, and afterwards the hand of all the people. I mean, this is in the family. Ooh. Don't you think that would make you think twice before you spread something that was contrary to sound doctrine? You'd want to know. 
What is the law? This is why they had to teach their kids the law and they had to memorize it. By the time we were 13, they were responsible for the law, for their actions. That means that your kid better know what the book says because the law was stringent. But anyway, take your Bible, look in Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. I see that we're starting to run out of time. I don't know why we do that. Turn your clocks back just a little bit. Chapter 8, and look there in verse 20. In verse 20, in verse 20 says, To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them or no truth in them. You see, the word of God is truth. The word of God is light. And we're supposed to know the truth, the word of God, so that we'll know this is light. It is the understanding. When you read in the book of um, John in chapter 3, when it talks about men love darkness because their deeds are evil, love darkness. And then in chapter 1, it says, and Christ was the light that came into the world and the darkness comprehended it not. It means they didn't understand the light. When you want to do evil, you don't even want to see the truth. You don't want to see the light because you don't want to do it. The reason some people don't study the Bible because the Bible is truth. But if you don't want to live truth, you don't want to know truth. You'd rather just stay ignorant. Do whatever you want to do. This is why you have the homosexuals today. They don't want Christianity in the schools. Atheists don't want this in our government. They don't want the Bible in our country. Because, see, they've got to justify their sin, and this book condemns their sin. And they don't want the light. Therefore, they love darkness. They don't understand that. They don't want to, want to understand. They don't even want to listen. And that's about where we are. Anyway. Look up here. Let's see how smart you are. See if you can follow me on this. See if you can really understand this. This is you and me. This is sin. Got that? This is you and me. This is sin. We all have sin on us. God says that he loves us, but he hates our sin. Now, for us to pay for sin is eternal separation from God. That's in hell. But God doesn't want us to go to hell. He wants us to go to heaven. Now, to go to heaven, we have to be perfect, as righteous as God. And none of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. See, God is perfect. We've come short of perfection. And so God says that we can't get in to heaven. There shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth the work of the abomination or maketh the lie. So God says you cannot save yourself. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord. God in the flesh came into the world because he loves us. Hates our sin because it separates us from him. So Christ took the sin, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead. And God said that if you and I, if we would believe that he did it for us, he put this payment to our account and we get to go to heaven on what he did. In reality, 
Jesus Christ was the payment. So when you accept Christ, he is my payment. He is my living proof, my living receipt that he came back from the dead and my sins are paid. So he says, I have this proof of payment in me, Christ in me. He is my hope of glory. He is my joyful anticipation because I know I have this eternal life. And the Bible says that if we'll believe that he did it for us, he would put the payment to our account. We go to heaven on what he did. And he says, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. You can't buy it. For he, God, hath Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So when you trust Christ as your Savior, you become his child and you're going to heaven whenever you die. That's the best news in all the world. Now, if you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, if you don't, you go to hell. If you do, you go to heaven. Now, in my mind, a man who would reject a free gift, I call him a fool. What would you call him? So if you don't trust Christ as your Savior, what would you be? What would you be if somebody like Jesus Christ, who is God in the flesh, came into this room and offered you eternal life as a gift? Pay for it. And if you don't trust the Lord, you go to hell. But if you trust Him, you have eternal life and you get to go to heaven when you die. Now a man would have to be a fool to turn down that free gift. And everyone who turns that down is a fool. He is a fool. But the wisest thing you'll ever do, this side of eternity, this side of the grave, the smartest, wisest thing you will ever do is to believe what God said and trust Him as your Savior. And if you trust Him as your Savior, God said He would save you. Save you from hell, give you eternal life, and you get to go to heaven on what He did. Don't you see that would be a wise thing to do? Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I hope that something that I said would help you to be a, a little wiser. So why not right now in the quietness of this moment, just talk to the Lord. Say something simple like this. Lord, I don't understand it all, but I know I'm a sinner. I believe Christ died, paid for my sins, and I'm going to trust him right now as my Savior, my only hope of going to heaven. And friend, if you'll make that decision, I'd like to know it. I'd like to have prayer for you. I'm not going to have you forward, not going to embarrass you, but right where you're sitting, say, yes, preacher, that made sense to me, and I will trust Christ as my Savior, and I'd like you to pray for me. Would you slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? You've never done it before, but you'll do it right now. Anyone at all? If you have trusted Christ as your Savior, how are you doing? Is there a lot of envy and bitterness and strife, confusion and all that stuff in your life? Are you trusting in the human wisdom? Or are you seeking for divine wisdom? Spend time with God. Spend time in His Word. Don't get so busy that you don't have it. I'm so glad you came here this morning. I really am. And I'm glad for those who come on Sunday night or Wednesday night. I can't make anybody come. 
But I hope there's something within you that says, I, I, want, I want to know the Word of God. Our Father, we thank you so much for each person here. For those that not only have trusted your Savior, but they have a desire to want to serve you. And they want to know your Word. Many of them read it and study it. Memorize Scripture. And always asking, Lord, what do you want me to do in my life? What do you want me to do with this or that? Bless each one. We thank you for it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Have you ever heard preachers tell you that you must turn from sins to be saved and go to heaven? Does that mean you must turn from only the big sins or all sins before God will save you? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.